Welcome to No Ordinary Women, the podcast where two ordinary broads chat about extraordinary women, the good, the bad, and and the batshit crazy. Hi, I'm Lynn. And I'm Rose. (laughs) Such a fake voice, you big dork. Yours was faker. I know. I know. Welcome to season two. Whoop, 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 whoop season whoop. two. So last week we released the first episode of season two, and that was a Q&A. Um, and then this is our first, like, full episode of season two. So thank you I'm so much excited. for all your support. We're super excited. Yeah. I can't believe we made it through a whole season. 40 episodes. You guys, that's nuts. I know. It seems like so much now. No, like... I, and we were trying to think of, like, our favorite episodes, and I was like, I had to look at... Because I, like, forget them after a few minutes. So. I know. I feel like every time I do a ep- uh, story, I'm like, I have to look back and make sure I didn't already do it or you didn't do it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, so, Can't remember them all. Yeah, we have our cocktail of the week, which is called the... Green with Envy. Green with Envy. I forgot it already. <laughs> um, it's two ounces of Tito's vodka, a half ounce of melon liqueur, and topped with soda. And a squeeze of lemon. It's really good. It is. Refreshing. Yeah, very refreshing. Especially nice. since it's hot as balls outside. It is really hot and gross. It's... I feel like we're living in, like, Arizona or something today, yeah. except it's humid. The humidity is what's gross. It's really disgusting. It's like you go outside and you feel like you need a shower immediately. Well, that's just because you smell. Well, only because I went outside, Len. Oh, that's true. That is true. I don't normally smell this bad. Oh, okay. Okay. <laughs> So I hope you guys missed us. We missed you. Yeah. And today Rose is going to give us her story. I don't know if you guys saw it, but uh, Let's Go to Court, one of our favorite podcasters, just followed our, um, took, they listened to us so much that they decided it was better for them just to do one story a week, just like we do. And we're like, I'm glad we can lead the pack. I'm really glad. I know. I'm glad people are listening to us and really <laughs> paying attention. Other podcasters. <laughs> They're green with envy. <laughs> yeah, they are green with envy. <laughs> <laughs> no, I I actually messaged them and was like, or on the Discord, and told them like, I don't know how you guys have gone that long doing two episodes, yeah. and Brandy works, yeah, and she, she has like two kids. Yeah, Kristen just sits in her fucking hot tub. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I'm kidding. <laughs> I mean, she works too, but she's like working on a book. Yeah, but it's yeah, but yeah. I mean, it's it's so much work to do a story every single week. Yeah, her story this past week was amazing. It was nuts. It what was, was it? It was the one about the woman who, um, a home oh, invasion. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The oh, home my invasion. God. Yeah. That story was ever. I was like, it wait, was what? It was crazy, yeah. I, I, ugh, ugh. So, I yeah. know. We love our podca- our female podcast friends. So Yeah, they're awesome. They're awesome. So, I went back and forth. I could not decide on a story. I had three weeks and did my story, like, this week, oh my God. <laughs> which I like to do because then it's like fresh in my mind. But um, she's fresh. I changed my person Exciting. like five times. Did you really? Yeah. Oh, my God. I kept like starting and then I was like, oh, I just couldn't get into yeah. it. Like, you know, like you really have to be into it to write a story about and it. And it's it. And it's, then the ta-ta. Doing on a stutter. And then to tell the story. You know? Yeah. No, I, I, I'm with you. I've been, I wanted to have, ideally, I wanted to have my story done by today. That was my original <laughs> yeah. idea. And then have a second one, like, in the works, like, reading or whatever, like, doing research. 
but I'm the slowest reader in the Why world. Why don't you listen to a uh, um, book, on tape. book on tape? I should. I should. Um, well, Chris gave me this book to read, and I was reading it at the beach oh. when I was on vacation. Yeah. So I've been reading it, and then I had to take a hiatus from reading for like four days because I had a concussion. Oh, yeah. Lynn got a read. concussion. <laughs> So, yeah, so I'm, I'm obviously not done with my research, so it's, yeah. Oh, well. So who are you going to tell us about today, Miss Rose? I am actually going to tell you about texting her husband. Hold on. Charlotte's like, where is the charger for my iPad? I have no idea, sister. Is she home? Why is she home? She didn't go back? She's home alone. <laughs> no. She, um, she is, she's at camp with my mom. Oh, okay. Um, and she left it at camp, so I don't know why she's asking. I mean, it's I, whatever. Not important. Um, I'm going to tell you about a Charlottesville case today. Oh, shit. That happened when I lived here not too many years ago. And I remember, like, vividly. Um, Morgan Harrington, do you remember? Oh, I forgot. I was like, what the fuck? What is she talking about? Oh, oh God, yeah. I forgot you were doing her. Yeah. So it's a it's a rough one. Um Oh, this was it's about so, murder. I remember. I oh, I remember this. I remember. Um, I was working at State Farm at the time, and there was woods behind State Farm, and I used to walk the parking lot, like the perimeter of the parking lot, and I would look in the woods for her or anything the whole time. Oh, really? I was walking, yeah, because I was like, it's just. Weren't you, you know. scared that somebody was gonna like? Why were you walking in the woods? I wasn't walking in the woods. I was walking in the parking lot, the, oh, the like perimeter next to the woods. of the parking yeah. lot, and it, it's right next to the woods, and it's like by the Ravana River, and it's like, yeah. So I remember everywhere we went, we looked for her. I know. So did I. Or just look for things like on the ground yeah. to see if yep. something was left. It was fucked up. It was. It was, And it was so close to home. So on October 17th, 2009... 20-year-old Virginia Tech student Morgan Harrington was at her parents' house in Roanoke, Virginia, getting ready for a night out with her friends. They were going to, do you remember? The Metallica concert. Metallica concert. concert. Yep. And she was looking forward to this for months. She actually, her dad went and purchased tickets, like stood in line to purchase tickets because it's 2009, and um, bought her, I don't know, I think he bought tickets for like her and her friends. And um, they put them on the fridge, and they had been up there for months because so she, she was looking forward to it so much. So um, she l- was a Virginia Tech student, so she lived in Blacksburg. Yeah. Um, but, and her parents lived in Roanoke, so it's like a 45, I was going to say degree. <laughs> turn. It's a 45-degree turn. turn. It's a 45-minute trip to from... Blacksburg Roanoke. to Roanoke. Mm-hmm. And so she would come home like twice a week, her dad said. She was like very um, close with her parents. Uh-huh. So um, she actually, her and her mom, like her mom helped her get ready and pick out her clothes and stuff. And um, when she left, she like told them like, I'll call you when I get to, she was going to JMU in Harrisonburg to pick up three of her two of her friends and Uh she was picking up her other friend i think in roanoke okay um she was the youngest of three children and her mom described her like champagne bubbly and a cause for celebration she was that third kid you know wild and crazy yeah we both have one of those so people don't know so if you're going from blacksburg to harrisonburg virginia 
Um, it's straight up Interstate 81, which is a shitty, shitty interstate because the tractor trailers. But it's it's a straight shot up 81. And then you actually pass your exit for Charlottesville. Um, but then once you get up to Harrisonburg, Charlottesville, you turn around and come back and it's like, you know, like less than an hour. Yeah. From Harrisonburg to Charlottesville. Yeah. I'm really bad at direction. So I had to look it all up, even though I live here. <laughs> I just know because I used to live, um, I mean, I used to, Mary went to JMU and I lived down in North Carolina. Oh, really? I didn't know Mary went to JMU. Yeah. Yep. Her master's and her. That's where I'm trying to get Joseph to go. Um, So she was in her third year of college and she had wanted to become a teacher. And she was very independent, but she still relied on her parents for a lot. I mean, Mm -hmm. she was 20, so she was still kind of... um, so she always needed, like, help with her finances and stuff from her dad. Same. And so, <laughs> still. <laughs> I'm 55. How old am I now? 55? Four. Aren't you? Oh, yeah. You just turned 55. 55. Oh, my God. Damn. You're so old. I got to go to bed. I'll see you. <laughs> I know. It is past your bedtime. <laughs> it is past my bedtime. 520. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so the next day, she was going to come back home and meet her... Um, dad and they were going to like work on some math work homework and some of her finances mm-hmm. and they were going from Char- so they were coming to charlottesville for the concert then they were going back to harrisonburg to sleep mm-hmm. on saturday night and then on sunday she was coming back to roanoke to meet with her dad oh, okay so she leaves she gets ready and leaves and picks up her roommate amy and then they make the dr- they um, and her other friends, be, and then they make the drive to John Paul Jones Arena here in Charlottesville. It's on the University of Virginia campus here. And around 7 o'clock is when she p.m., she and her friends got to their seats in the arena. Okay. And around 8.15, so like not very long after, she tells her friends that she's going to the bathroom. And she doesn't come back. So like after 30 minutes, her friend Sarah calls her and she's like, um, where are you? And Morgan's like, I got um, outside. Some Like, she somehow got outside, uh-huh. even though they told her, and there's signs everywhere saying, don't go out. Like, yeah, no there's re-entry. no re-entry yeah. at all. Right. And so she's outside, and they won't let her back in. And her friend's like, well, what are we going to do? Like, I mean, which is understandable. Like, I'm not missing a fucking concert because you Because you're a dumbass yeah. and outside, yeah. Um, which I totally understand, you know, and Sarah had Morgan's car keys because uh-huh. they used, they drove Morgan's oh, car. Shit, so she couldn't even go sit in her car. Right. And so Morgan's like, well, don't worry about it. I'll just find a ride home. Home? Like back to JMU? Yeah. No, back to, I guess, to Rona. I don't know where she was planning oh, to go. Oh, so she was probably thinking she would get a ride back to Roanoke and then they would take her car to JMU and then back to Roanoke. Yeah, I, I'm assuming. Oh, my God. So the next day, that's the last they heard of her. So the next day, her dad, Dan, is expecting her to be home around noon. And around 11, he gets a call from the UVA police saying they found Morgan's purse with her ID in it on grounds near JPJ. And he's not really alarmed. Like, you know, men, they're, he's like, oh, she's going to be so mad that she lost her wallet. You know yeah. what I mean? Oh, like, yeah. And he's like, kind of like kind of laughing it off. You yeah. know what I mean? He's not concerned at all. So he hangs up and her mom's like, what was that about? And he's like, 
oh, they found Morgan's purse um, at UVA. And her mom just said she went, like, white as a sheet. And she's like... Something's wrong. Something's wrong. Because, you know, that mom, like... And and as a woman, you're like... Yeah. If her purse... yeah, if her purse was missing, she would have called her parents and been like, I lost my right. purse, like yeah, freaking out. Exactly. And the dad's like, oh, she's being silly and she dropped her purse right. and doesn't even realize yeah. it. But the mom's like, no, she would not. Yeah, that's. And so they immediately get on the phone with her friends and um, they tell them, like her friends tell them what happened. And so the Her- the Harringtons call the police back and they're like, something's wrong, mm-hmm. like. She's missing. They tried to call her phone and it was off. So the the Harringtons call the police immediately and they take it seriously and go over to where her purse was found. And they find her cell phone on the ground and it's missing its battery. It's like an old Blackberry kind Uh of cell phone. And so the parents go head to Charlottesville right then and meet with the Virginia State Police because while they were talking, they like went ahead and transferred the case over to Virginia State Police because it was... A missing person and I guess the school would no longer handle that yeah well I think if it's out of the jurisdiction of the school well it then... wasn't because it was on UVA grounds but I don't know why like the police immediately took it over maybe because she was missing her stuff I don't know I don't know I just feel like it's like heightened because of <laughs> um the UVA police are like I don't know are they equipped to handle something that crazy I don't know that and um honestly she's a you know, rich white girl. Oh, yeah. Well, that's so, hard, I mean, yeah. if it was a black girl, I don't think. Oh, no. Well, it would have been. There was, right after that, the girl from oh, Crozet. Right. Yeah. Oh, not Crozet. No, uh, Nelson. Louisa, I think, yeah. No, it was Louisa. It was out in Nelson. It was um, out by, um, out in Nelson County. Yeah. She, yeah. That girl went missing. I remember that. And they thought that the same person did it. Yeah. But it wasn't. So, um, they, from the start, treat it like a missing person investigation and they interview her friends and her friends are like yeah it's not that unusual for her to leave and like leave our group and go hang out with other friends and Uh then show back up the next day but she always shows up the next day yeah and after the concert was over her friends said that they actually waited for her because they were like where the fuck did she go yeah and they even went to like a restaurant looking for her i don't know what restaurant they would have gone to um Unless they went down to the corner, or they or they went to um, the villa that used to be where the parking garage is now, oh, maybe. or the um, kebab place across, right? Because there's the kebab place right there across from JPJ, right on the on Emmett, right across the street. Oh, the that's light. right. Yeah, 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 yeah. So that's the closest restaurant. So maybe they were thinking like maybe she, she went. went and sat yeah, there or it wouldn't have been that cold out because this was. October, I think. No, but I thought it was kind of chilly. Was it? Was it thought, a chilly night? I feel like it was chilly that night. Okay. I don't remember why. That's just in my mind. I feel like it was. So please start looking at surveillance video and from everywhere, from the nearby um, businesses, from JPJ and all over the school and stuff. And they find nothing. They don't even find her on the cameras at JPJ. Oh, my God. Um, and so because, because they're kind of at like a... Stand still. They don't know what else to do. They have a press conference and ask help from the public. And they're conducting, like, ground and air searches and find absolutely nothing. 
So within two days, they raised $100,000 $100, for a reward. And Metallica, remember Metallica yeah. offered a $50,000 reward? Yeah, they were. Yeah, they were. People were like, yeah, you. It, it was, people were like trashing them over it for some reason. And I was like, yeah. they have nothing to do with this. Like, it, it's not, you know, they don't run the venue. Right, I know. But anyway, go ahead. Sorry. Um. And they posted a message on their website. Yep, I remember that. Back when you would do something like that, because nobody goes to websites anymore. Yeah. Um, asking for, you know, any videos or any information yeah. from that concert to they help find her. Helpful, yeah. Yeah. But the way I remember it was, like, it took a little while. Like, I think... I don't know. You feel, I mean, I feel like it probably took a little while just to reach them. Like, you like, know what I mean? For them to find out. Yeah, yeah, you're probably right. So within a few days, they kind of put a timeline together from like eyewitnesses around the area. Around 8.50, she is spotted outside near the ticket booth. So she sat out there for a while. Uh-huh. And the witnesses say that she was like, seemed like incapacitated. Like she was like stumbling and acting weird. And her friends were like, she had some alcohol, but she wasn't drunk. Yeah. When they le- when she left at 8.15. Yeah, but I mean, she wasn't there that Oh, Jesus. She wasn't there that long. So I wonder if it kind of hit her. And that's why. It's you know possible. I, mean? like, you know, I wonder... If between 8.15 and 8.50, if she was, like, Roofied? with somebody or, yeah, like, some, like, I don't know. The way, because the way her friends describe her to the way other people describe her, or her maybe her friends were drunk and they didn't notice how yeah, drunk she was. I mean, if they were all partying before the concert. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. It's hard to, it's so hard to say. <laughs> but she had to be pretty drunk to, like, go outside knowing that she couldn't get back in. Yeah. Yeah, I mean... True. That's very true. So at one point she even fell and like got an abrasion, but the people said she didn't hit her head or anything. That wasn't why she was acting like that. Like Uh she seemed intoxicated and people offered to help her. That's how bad she was that people offered to help her. I mean, you got to be pretty drunk for people to be like, do you need help? Yeah. But she told them she didn't need any help. And so around 930, she was seen on the Copley Street Bridge, which is... Like right across the street, it's not very far from JPJ. No, it's like a, it's like a, it's like a city block, like a long city yeah, block. Yeah, right. Yeah. yeah, and she was hitchhiking, and her mom's like, I, she's like, I can't ever picture a scenario where she would be hitchhiking. Like it just is not her, which means she probably was really intoxicated. I wonder and if they were doing like mushrooms or something, and she was tripping. I bet maybe she was. I mean, because it just sounds like I mean, this her is stuff friends would, don't want to. Yeah. like. And I'm sure they have right. so much Right. I mean, and, I mean, but at a certain point, the friends may have admitted what they did, whatever, and they just did it didn't get released. Yeah, I mean, I don't yeah, care if they, I don't care if they were doing drugs. No, I, don't I mean care. it's not but, their I mean, fault at all. It just doesn't make sense that like she would be hitchhiking, or maybe they decided not to release that because it could change the public's view. Yeah, maybe. You know what I mean? Because yeah. people would be like, "Oh my God, well she deserved it because she was doing yeah, drugs." Yeah, because she was doing drugs. Yeah. Who the fuck is yeah. This? People are stupid. Um. Or maybe, like, someone in there, like, she went to the bathroom and someone's like, hey, you want some of this? And yeah, gave her maybe. something. Yeah. And it hit her hard, like, quickly. And she... That's true. I mean, who knows? So, on the, the show I watched, it was a disappeared episode. Mm-hmm. They said, the detective said that they searched the entire tunnel system under UVA. They have a tunnel system? Yeah, I think it's been there forever and ever. Really? Mm-hmm. Like, Why? I don't know. I remember learning about it in, like, I took a tour, and I learned about it. Um, I don't remember why. So you can access it? Like, why would they search it? I don't think that, I don't think it's accessible to, like, the general public at all. That's I think so it's, weird. Like, that's what I mean. Like, why would they they check it if it's not 
accessible. The only thing I can figure, and honestly, is so slaves could move from building to building without being in plain view back in the day. Oh, you're probably right. That's probably what it was for. Because didn't Thomas Jefferson have the tunnel system under his house? Like, remember, you know, when you go under his house and they have that, like, where the slaves... Oh, yeah, like the wine cellar yeah. and the slaves live, yeah, and all that stuff. Yeah, it's not really a tunnel. It's like a basement. But I wonder but... if it's kind of the same... I don't know, but I've definitely learned about it in a tour or something I took at UVA. And that's the only thing I can figure is that they did it for so like for maybe like tra- moving trash around. So it wasn't being, you know, Hell, just yeah. to make it beautiful, you know, because he was all about the appearance. Yeah. So to make it look more beautiful, I guess. But I I don't it's not accessible to the general public, I don't think. I, I mean, I wouldn't think so. Um, for those of you that don't know, Thomas Jefferson, he didn't build. He UVA. designed. He designed UVA. Yeah. Well, he was part of the building most people process. know that, but. He was the architect for it. I mean, everyone in Charlottesville knows that, but, you know. So they search, like, the, almost the entire campus with dogs, find nothing. And so they start considering dump sites in more, like, rural Oof. areas. And they search those. I'm like, why are there dump sites? And they find nothing. Well, like, like the landfill. Is that what they're talking about? No, I was thinking like body dump sites, like where you would dump a body. No, I was thinking, I thought you meant like a landfill, like a dump site, like like Ivy, and then there's one in like what, Zions or something? Oh, maybe that's what they were talking about. I don't think the one in Zions was there then, though, but anyway. I was thinking like where you would dump a body. Well, I mean, those aren't really well known to the public either. What says considering dump sites out in the more rural areas? I don't know. Oh, maybe just, maybe like because Louisa has like a... Oh, maybe like where just people dump things. Yeah, like in general. Right, like because in rural areas, you they're like you take you can take your own trash to like big dumpsters or oh, something okay. like that. Maybe yeah, maybe something like that. I don't know. So the search goes on for eight weeks, and then they're like, oh, "We can't go any further with it. We have found nothing. We have to call it off." And they which, had like no leads whatsoever. Right, which is at all. So fucking nothing. crazy. Nothing. And her parents were obviously not ready to give up. Her mom and her, I mean, her dad too, but her mom has been like such, so outspoken yeah. and such like an advocate for I, missing women. And I can see, like, if I think about it, I see her mom standing on that bridge being interviewed I and know. just pleading for anybody to, I, ugh, over and over and over again. So. Her parents step in and they start contacting the media, like, to get her story out and keep it out constantly. And there's a woman from The Hook, which is, like, a small newspaper here. Yeah, it's, like, one of those free newspapers. Yeah. She starts her own investigation into Morgan's disappearance. and Or she had already started one, but um, she was at one of the volunteer meetings. And she hears a woman say, I don't know why I can't get anyone to call me back. I saw her. And you'll probably remember this because I remember this. She tells the woman that she saw Morgan around 345 that morning at one of the dorms on campus. And that she was with three guys. And they, um, this woman was like sitting on the stairs of the pavilion. And they like walked up the other set of stairs. You know, there's like two sets. On the lawn. Yeah, on the lawn. Uh And um, the woman she thought was Morgan and the three guys like walked up the other side. And she said... She remembers it because she was wearing a uh, really um, short mini skirt, and she's like, "Why is she out here in a mini skirt?" Yeah, I think it was cold night. that night. I really think it was cold that night. And she said, "I looked straight in her face, and it was like that's who it was. Like uh-huh. she was, uh, like very sh- very sure that that's who she saw. Positive that it yeah. was Morgan. 
So she called the next day, the tip line, after, when she saw that she was missing, and she said that they didn't take her seriously. So the reporter follows up and investigates and speaks with one of the guys from the room where the woman claimed she saw Morgan. And he's like, it's not possible that it was her. He said there was a, a wedding reception next door. And um, oh, they have wedding receptions in those pavilions all the time. Yeah, and yeah. so he's like, it sh- what she probably saw was a woman from that with three guys. Yeah, which makes sense. Yeah, and the detective said, um, we did follow up, but it didn't like lead us anywhere. We yeah. took the dogs down there, and they didn't hit on anything. Right. Um, but she she was like adamant that it was Morgan. I don't remember that at all. You don't? Mm-hmm. I remember seeing her, and I was yeah. like, oh my god. Because, like, I was, I remember following, like, every little detail oh, of yeah, the case. I don't remember that at all. So the reporter finds another witness who says she was coming to the concert late, and she saw a woman who appeared intoxicated crossing the street from JPJ with about four men. And she thought that was really weird because she's like, why are they leaving the concert yeah, the already? Concert, yeah. Which... I think might be true. She might have seen that because right. if she was like, say they were leaving for some reason, couldn't get in or were yeah. looking for tickets or whatever and didn't get in. And she was like, oh, I'm going to or was crossing the street. And then she was just like walking with them. Yeah. They just happened to be. with Yeah. Them. So on November 11th, 2009, they get a call from a student saying he found a black shirt with the name of the band. Pantera across the front on the ground next to an apartment complex. And that was what she was wearing. a black. She was wearing a black shirt that said Pantera, which mm-hmm. is a band. I don't know. Um, a black miniskirt. I'm pretty sure she was wearing some kind of like tights or leggings under her miniskirt. Mm-hmm. And then like black boots, I think. And so they they come and they search the area for anything else. They don't find anything else. They send it off for DNA and lift her DNA off of it. It is her shirt. Oh, but no one else's DNA is on it. Where was the apartment? It was... Was it, like, on campus? Yes. Oh, okay. Um, I want to say... I don't know. I had the... Okay. It said the name of the... Uh, I don't remember complex, this either. But... I mean, I, I'm sure it was just like... Yeah. I don't remember... So months go by and they have nothing, no evidence, no leads. And her mom in this documentary talks about how excruciating it is to be in limbo. I can't even imagine. While she's missing because she's like, is she chained up to like a shed somewhere? So when she's like, when it rains, I think, is she like getting wet out? Is she outside getting wet? Mm -hmm. When it's cold, she's like, is she cold? Is she being fed? Oh, my God, I can't. I, I can't. Like, you just want to know, like, what? Yeah. So on January 26, 2010, there was finally a break in the case. A farmer in Albemarle County, about 10 miles away from JPJ, is out on his tractor checking his property line. He's checking his fencing. His fencing because because there was a big snow. Right. And so, yeah, he was making sure there was no damage to his snow, to his snow. (laughs) (laughs) To his fencing because trees will fall on on the fence and then like then your right yeah yeah stuff yeah and he kind of gets to an area where like far away from his house where he pulls up and there's what he thinks is just a deer carcass so he gets closer and then he sees clothes and jewelry on it and so he immediately calls the cops and reports it and the police come out and start to process everything I remember this like it was yesterday. 
And a fucking reporter calls the Harringtons, like, right after they found this, and tells them that they think Morgan's body may have been found and to be prepared for a call. What the fuck is wrong with people? So I have mixed feelings about this. Because on the one hand, I'm like, when her mom said that on the documentary, she didn't seem angry. And I'm like, okay, I'm... I'm hoping and thinking that maybe this reporter was like, I wanted to let you know before you see it on TV because there's a True. bunch of news cameras here. But at the then I'm like mad at the police. Like, why didn't you guys call them immediately before, and say we yeah. found a body? You're going to find out because it's going to be on the news yeah. and like, we want to give you a heads up. So you just say to the news media, hey, please do not. You just say to them, listen, give me 15 minutes to call the parents right, yeah. and let them know that we think we might have found her yeah. before you start broadcasting. Right. And I'm sure they would have waited. Yeah. So I don't know if they I were mean, like... who knows, though? I wonder if they were, like, kind of working, like, if they were friendly with this reporter and they yeah, were maybe. just doing, like, a like a nice thing. They were thing. trying, yeah. I don't know. It's... Uh, I mean, I wouldn't want to be the person to give that no, parents I, that. But, I mean, if they did, like, a one-on-one interview and maybe they, like, this person just, like, really felt for them yeah, or something. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. And, I mean... Honestly, you don't like if you do feel for them, you don't want them to find out because they're watching the fucking news. No, could you imagine? No, ma'am. Like, oh, body found, and then they'd be like, oh my God. Like, oh my God. I can't even imagine that. So shitty on the police for not. Yeah. So I don't, yeah, I don't blame the reporter, but I do blame the police because they should have been done better. So just two days later, um, dental records confirm that it's Morgan. And so they're officially investigating a homicide now. So there had been a bunch of snow. So right before this, like you were saying, the yeah. farmer, there's a bunch of snow. So um, that was like, and the snow had, had started to melt, and that's when he went around on the tractor. Uh, okay. So that's when I, he you know, because I was thinking about that. Like, if there was a lot of snow, enough for him to go check his fences, you would think it, that her body would have been covered. We got a shit ton of snow, and it, it, it was probably the first he could get out. And, like, uh, I remember it had maybe, started melting yeah. a little bit. And, and if it's in a field, it probably melted in that area quickly. Yeah. Um, but they said that, I don't know if you're going to talk about this, but one of the things, the problems was that, you know, like evidence was getting washed away as the snow was melting. Yeah, yeah. Like things that would have been around her body or footsteps or whatever, there's all being, you know, like. Right, it's all gone because of snow, right. So they never actually released the details about her death because they don't do it at the time because they don't want. Right. They don't have a killer. Right. So, um, but her parents confirmed that it was very violent and that she had broken bones and was raped. And so her body was left on a very, very remote 700-acre farm. And it wasn't easy to, like, you can't get, like, a vehicle in there. Mm -hmm. Like, the detective said you would have had to go through ravines and creeks and over fences to access the area. Mm -hmm. So it's obviously somebody who knew the area well. Yeah, and but knew how to get there. Didn't they also say that they that an animal could have drug the body there? Did that, I, I didn't read that? that. No, that was a that was a speculation during the investigation that she could have been like in some woods or whatever, and an animal That's drugged true, the body. Yeah, but I don't because know. I'm like, how did he get her there? If like he, I mean, he didn't walk her there. I wouldn't think. Unless yeah. he parked somewhere and then walked through. I don't know. I but, don't know. But, I mean, they said that, that could have happened. But then I feel like that they that would have been stated. I remember them saying that could have happened. But also, if that happened, I feel like that would have been obvious 
like with the way they like found they her remains. Yeah, I feel like they like it would have been, been like to... twist. You know, like yeah. there would have been evidence of that. Like it was, but uh, again, the ground was so compromised from all the the snow. And then I remember it rained a whole bunch right after yeah. that. So it was like the whole yeah. So I don't know. That was something that was speculated. Like my thing is like, why would you put the body on a on someone's property? Like put it I in like he... a public like like. You have to think that that guy's property ended and then there was, like, woods or something. Yeah, I guess maybe he didn't. Maybe he figured it was such a big piece of property. It might not realize. Maybe, yeah. I don't know. So, anyway, the case goes cold until July of that year when they get a hit on the DNA that was found on her body. Um, the DNA matches the case of a kidnap and rape from 2005 in Fairfax, Virginia, three hours away. Um, on September 24th, 2005, a woman was walking home from a grocery store when she was grabbed from behind and drugged to a local pool where he raped her. Um, after, like, he rapes her and then somebody happened to walk by or drive by, like, close by, and he ran off. Like, it scared him off. But she immediately went to the police, did a rape kit, got yeah. DNA, and then um, was able to get get a sketch. They were able to get a sketch mm-hmm. out of her. So, but after the DNA match, nothing happens because he's not in the system. His DNA is not in the system. So nothing happens until September 13th, 2014, when another young woman goes missing. Hannah Graham was born in England, but moved to Virginia with her family when she was around six years old. She was a student at UVA, and everyone says she was, like, super sociable, and she was a student athlete and had a ton of friends. So around seven, she was 18, so I'm guessing she was, did I say she was a freshman? She was a freshman, yeah. wasn't she? Yeah, she was a freshman. So around 7 p.m. on that night, um, Hannah met up with some of her friends to get ready for the evening. And they were drinking, you know, like hanging Pre-gaming. out in their dorm. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you remember those nights. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And they went to Fig, which is, oh, was, was it, is it still there? It's still there, yeah. yeah. It's on the corner, um, which is like the student hangout area right across from UVA. Where all the restaurants and stuff are side by side in this whole area. So they left Fig around 11 and went to a party. But shortly after arriving, Hannah left with a friend from high school to go to another party. And she was drinking this entire time. Mm -hmm. So by midnight, she was pretty drunk. And... She told her friend that she wasn't feeling well and wanted to go home. So her friend walked her out of the house that they were at and was going to walk her home. But Hannah's like, no, I can get home by myself. Mm-hmm. Think about the regrets that friend has. Oh, God, I can't even imagine. Like, not their fault at all. But So throughout the night, she's texting her friends and her texts are just kind of getting more and more like cryptic, drunk, like, yeah. like she's obviously drunk, you know, and one of her last texts say, says that she's on 14th and Wortland Streets on, in Charlottesville, and she was lost. Mm-hmm. Like, she didn't know where she was. And because and if she didn't live in Charlottesville, and she's a freshman, and then she's drunk. Mm-hmm. She got it turned around or something. Yeah, I mean, you have no freaking idea where you are. She was. She ended up walking. She was up by where the dairy market is now. Yeah, so I go into that. Okay. So... Um, her final message was that she was on 14th in the mall, the downtown mall. And the final text message was at 1 a.m. and said, I got struck down, though. I No, I got stuck down, though. 
stuck down. So I think maybe she was saying, trying to say, I got stuck downtown because oh. the mall would be considered downtown. There's no 14th Street in the downtown mall. I, well, that's what she said. Uh, she was okay. saying that she was on 14th in the, the mall. The downtown mall is, yeah. Okay. Um, yeah, and then she said, I got stuck down, though. I think she was probably trying to say, I got stuck downtown. Yeah. Or who knows? She was. Or maybe she got struck down when she tried to go into a bar. Oh, maybe. You might be right. She was 18. So after not hearing, that was the last text. So after not hearing from her the next day, her friends reported her missing because they, she was supposed to volunteer, um, I can't remember where, doing at the Beta Bridge and doing something. Mm-hmm. And she never showed up and she wasn't responding to text message. So her friends reported her missing and called her family. And police immediately start searching for her, mm-hmm. of course. And they this time they were able to get footage from all the area restaurants. And they kind of pieced it together because of her text messages. Mm-hmm. They kind of had an idea of where she might be. So at 1245, she was outside of McGrady's Pub. Mm-hmm. That was what yeah. you were saying. That's the video I remember, clearly, of her walking. And then she's, like, obviously drunk, like, no, walking back and forth. No, that wasn't at McGrady's. That video of her walking was on the downtown mall. No, there was there was one on the downtown mall, but one of the first ones that came out was her walking in front of McGrady's, uh, and she's, like, super drunk. Okay. And the, they denied her access yeah. to McGrady's, the the, the um, bouncer. Right. And then everybody was in an uproar about that. I know, but the, he was just doing his job. Yeah, I know. He's like, no, you're too drunk. You're not coming in. I mean, or you're underage or whatever it was. And he said that she asked her if she needed help, and she told him no. And she kept walking down Preston. Uh. So she walks all the way down Preston, oh and she's God, going to the downtown horrible. mall. Mm-hmm. And Which is not that close of a walk. No, it's, it's not. It's like three city blocks. So me and Christina run the same path that she's on while uh-huh. she's drunk all the time. Well, we don't now because I don't, I'm not running right now. But um, when we do our long runs, uh-huh. we start at UVA at JPJ where Morgan was kidnapped. Uh-huh. And we do this run where Hannah is. Like we go down press, all the way down Preston, down the downtown mall and back down the corner and everything um and so there's video of her walking by the gas station shell gas station across the street and you can see her walking and then she kind of like starts running which i'm like she's running because she's under that scary ass bridge yeah it's dark it's i get scared there in like the morning when we're running that railroad bridge that's on yeah yeah i hate that bridge and it always smells like strongly of piss it's disgusting so in all the videos, she's like stumbling and not really walking mm. in a straight line. So a little after 1 a.m., she's seen walking down the downtown mall, which in Charlottesville, the downtown mall is like it's like an open mall, but it's a pedestrian mall. It's, it's like a, a pedestrian mall. Yeah. And you're kind of in the center and there's stores on either side all yeah. the way up and down. It's close to traffic. And in the video, you see like her walking on one side and then on the other side. So there's like usually like... um Places to like eat on the on the in the middle of it. Yeah, like outdoor dining. Outdoor right dining, center, kind yeah. of. And then on the other side, he was walking the opposite way, and that she was walking. Mm-hmm. And it's pretty close. I mean, it's not like a, it's not far. And he notices that she's drunk and yeah. tr- stumbling and alone, and so he turns around, catches up with her, and people are watching him do this, and he goes up to her and puts his armor on her. And a witness later said, like, that he went up to him and he's like, hey, man, you don't even know her. And the man replied, hush. 
like to him, like told him to shut up. Oh no! And this guy's huge. Yeah, and so dude. he was pro- the other person probably. Well, <laughs> so the witnesses followed the man and Hannah to Temple, which is a restaurant, where he ordered a drink for him and for one for Hannah. And this is around one ten, and the witnesses leave at that time. Like they're still at the restaurant, and the witnesses leave. And one the one witness commented to the other, "He is going to fuck her up." Like they could tell he was going to do something to her. But they themselves, I mean, if they're out at 1 a.m., they're probably drunk, too. And they're probably, I don't know if they were, like, college kids or what, you know? Oh, my God. I'm sure they look back like we should have fucking done something. I can't even imagine. But, you know, when you're just, I don't know. It's just. So a while, like, they tried a little. But then what are they supposed to do? Like, call the cops because there's a guy and a woman? I can tell you, after this happened, I committed that if I ever saw a girl walking like this, I'd be like, you know what? I'd call the police. So if she goes to jail, she's alive. Yeah, right. You know what I mean? Like, because I would never typically be like, you know, call the police on somebody like that. You would just look at them them. and be like, oh, she's drunk. Right. And like kind of be like, oh, she's going to hate herself tomorrow kind of thing. But I would I've committed after this happened that if I ever saw a girl alone or even a guy for that matter, like really like struggling like this, like drunk. Yeah. I'd either put them in my car and take them to their home. Or I would call the police and yeah. let them take care of it. I mean, I'm, I'm, I would never in a million years let somebody walk away like that ever again I after know. this happened. It's so sad. So a while later, the cameras show that the man and Hannah leave Temple together and head up the mall. At 118, she's spotted kind of like walking in front of him kind of faster, like she's trying to like walk away from him. Mm-hmm. And she crosses the street and he follows her and catches up to her. And another witness that sees them says that, he put her arm around her and he's like, he did not look friendly at all. Like he looked like kind of aggressive and Mm. like not nice, you know? And she didn't look comfortable. And you're like all these people like, fuck all these, all these people that could have saved her. I know. And it's not their fault, but it's just like, it's just frustrating to, I mean, I'm sure they beat themselves up over it all the time. Yeah. So they walk up to a 1998 orange Chrysler Sebring, and he unlocks the passenger door and waits for her to get in. And a witness heard her say, I'm not getting in that car with you. What is it, stolen? Oh, oh my God. <laughs> Which made me laugh because... <laughs> She's just being a bitch. But <laughs> the witness said she actually sounded afraid. Like, I don't know if she knew it was his car. Like, she was drunk. So she, yeah. she probably was like, wait, why are you getting in that car? Like, yeah. you don't even know whose car that is. Yeah. <laughs> um, but that witness kept walking, and he said when he turned around, he didn't see Hannah or the man. And so he assumes that Hannah got in the car, or uh-huh. he put her in the car, because I don't think there was anybody else nearby. So there's a massive search going on for Hannah. Over 1,000 volunteers come out to look, but they find nothing. Ugh, this was going on the weekend of my sister's wedding. Oh, was it really? Yeah, and so we were downtown at one of the... At, we were at um, a Buddhist biker bar. Oh, yeah, because she got married one year and one yeah. day before me. Yeah. And so we were at, they did the rehearsal dinner at Crozet Pizza, Buddhist biker bar. Oh, okay. And there was people in, um, like, reflective vests looking through all the oh, trash cans God. and everything. on Because we were standing on this little balcony because yeah. we were upstairs. 
And I was like, oh, fuck, they're looking for Hannah Graham. And it just made me sick. I bet it did. I just was like, oh, my God, because they were, like, looking in all the trash cans. They're looking and for And your daughters evidence. were probably around the same age, weren't they? No, they were. Um, oh, the- no, well, Caitlin was. Casey was um, still in high school. But Caitlin was in college. Yeah, so, like. Yeah, yeah oh. I'm telling you, this, this shit fucked me up. I bet it did. I mean, it fucked me up, and I didn't have kids that age. So, yeah. like, I feel like when you have, when you can relate, like, in that way, it's, like, even scarier. I'm pretty sure Caitlin was in college. 2014? Um, I don't remember when she graduated. I'm such a good mother. I know. Um, she was 2014. She was born in 94, so she would have been 20. So she was in college. Yeah. yeah. So on September 19th, police... Um, it's all over the news that police have searched the vehicle and apartment of 32-year-old Jesse Leroy Matthew Jr. Matthew was a large man at 6'2 and 270 pounds, Shit. and he lived he had lived in an or in or around Charlottesville all his life, and he had driven a taxi cab for years, so he was very familiar with the Charlottesville Albemarle area, and. This guy, so at this time, I was living, me and Joseph were living with my sister and her family, and he lived... Like a half a mile from you. Down the street from us, yeah. where we, we would always, like, you run down her road and then, like, loop around to the other street, and you pass his apartment complex. Yeah. Like, you run by... We yep. ran past it almost every day, because we ran a lot back then. And it was, like, to know that he was right there is was so fucking scary. Yeah, and how many times did Christina run by herself? Too? Yeah, and we would, like, often just go out. One of us would go by ourselves at night and go running. And we mm. don't, didn't do that anymore. Or even, like, you know, early in the morning before it was light out. Yeah. So, over a decade earlier, Matthew was twice accused of sexual assault at two different Virginia colleges. He was at Liberty University in Lynchburg and at Christopher Newport University in Newport News. Didn't he play? He went to Liberty for football, didn't yeah. he? Yeah. And he, I think he was on the team for like a season or a few weeks or something before the sexual assault and he got kicked off. And the reported assaults occurred within an 11-month period of each other. And they were investigated, but no criminal charges were ever brought. Mm. I did read that, like, in 2021, one uh, criminal charge was brought against him for the Liberty University mm-hmm. um, assault. And I don't know what ever happened with that. Um, the days following her disappearance, Matthew had shown up to work late and had missed a meeting. Like, So he was working at the Covenant School. Uh, no, at, wasn't he, he working at UVA? No. Well, I, I don't know if he was working at U. He was working at UVA, but he was um, volunteering at. Oh, at the Covenant School. He was working no, he at UVA. Was... He was like a. Um, I swear, he was like a like a OR like, like he'd clean up the of, OR yeah. after a surgery. I th- now that you're saying that, I remember that, but I didn't read that anywhere. That's so weird. I, I think if... you are right. I remember but that because also... they were like because he didn't show up for work right after it happened. He was also the assistant coach at the high school. At Charlottesville or no, at, at Covenant. At Covenant, yeah, oh. for the football team. Oh God! Um, kids. Oh yeah, so he was about around a bunch of young girls all the time. Jesus. And um, he like missed a meeting that morning. I think he had a meeting at Covenant mm-hmm. um, at seven thirty, and he missed. He completely missed it that next morning. 
And he was acting very strange and like not like himself. He wasn't talking to anyone, just acting very weird. And he had a swollen jaw and was complaining of tooth pain. And so when the police interviewed him, he denied talking to or ever seeing Hannah. He's mm-hmm. like, oh, I was really drunk that night. I don't know. And mm. um, he agrees, like, so they take his car because they're going to, and they, yeah. they look in his house and take a bunch of stuff. He agrees to meet the police um, downtown at the station the next day. Uh-huh. And so on the 20th, he goes down to the station, but then he decides he's not going to talk. Like, he goes down and then he leaves mm-hmm. suddenly. And at this point, the FBI is trailing him because they pretty much know, like, he's... Like, oh, yeah. Because they, was... they saw him in the surveillance camera. Yeah, I mean, so they knew he was the right. last person that was they saw with her. Yeah. The last person known to be with her. Right. Oh, and then she got into his car, I mean, obviously. Yeah. And he has a history of sexual assault. So... Um, the FBI is trailing him at this at, in Albemarle County, and he starts like running from them, and he's driving rec- recklessly. And I think that they had they like stopped because they didn't want him to get into like an accident, right? When they, that usually happens, like in town or yeah. Like, if you're, yeah. And so they went and got a warrant for his arrest for reckless driving. Um, but the next day, M- Matthew took his sister's car. He stole her car and and fled Virginia. You know, he went to the elementary school that Chris went to. Did he? Why? In Stony Point. Oh, like That's where he went to elementary school, oh. yeah. And one of the teachers um, that lives next door to my mom, she was like, he was he was a quiet kid. He was, you know, wasn't a bad yeah. kid. So I think he was a quiet man, too. Yeah. That's because he was weird. Um, so he takes his sister car. He, he leaves Virginia on the run because he mm-hmm. knew he was going to get arrested. And so, oh, one thing I didn't write down. When they were taking his car, when they were, like, searching it before they were hooking it up to the tow truck, mm-hmm. he's like, oh, wait, can I get some paperwork out of there? And the paperwork he wanted to get out was passport paperwork that he had started filling out. And they're like, no, you can't get that. It's in the car. It's evidence, you know. Oh. And um, he's like, and he said, um, no, it wasn't in the car when she went missing. I just got it today or something. He said something like that. And they were like. Not, no, I didn't do anything, so her fingerprints wouldn't be on it. It was oh no, God. her fingerprints won't be on it because she went missing earlier. Oh <laughs> so mm. he, le- yeah, so he takes off. He's not, so they, they said there was an arrest warrant out for him for the reckless driving, but he wasn't technically under arrest at this point. I don't know. It was very weird. So, well, he wasn't under arrest yet because they hadn't caught him back, like, well, so they, they immediately went I, – so I think they did this for other reasons, but they immediately – like he took off in his sister's car and they immediately went and got a um, arrest warrant for him for the murder. Okay. Um, and so they – it was a warrant for abduction and intent to defile and a nationwide manhunt began. Do you remember mm-hmm. this? It was crazy. It was absolutely nuts. So um, – the next day, on the 24th, in Galveston, Texas, a woman was walking down a secluded beach, and she spotted Matthew, and she had just watched the news, and she saw his picture and knew, like, what he had done. Mm-hmm. And she said, like, I watched an interview with her, and she said she was, like, she made eye contact with him and saw his face, like, up close. 
And I think she was by herself, and he was by himself, and yeah. she said she was fucking terrified. Didn't she? Wasn't he like in a tent or something? Where he's like sleeping on the beach. He was sleeping on the beach. I don't think he had a tent, but I think he was just like sleeping on the beach. Like camping on the beach or something. I guess in my mind. And she was like, I don't know like why he didn't go after her if he was just like. Just trying to like, hopefully he didn't, she didn't recognize him. Yeah. Like he, and maybe he didn't know that there was a manhunt for him at this point. Yeah, probably not at that point. Why would somebody in Galveston, Texas know that I'm missing, that I'm, you know, wanted for something? Um, So she must have, she probably hit it well and she just feels like she didn't. And so she went home and called the police and they they got down there and arrested him right away um and maps he had maps in his car that indicated that he was like looking for some kind of small resort town on like the mexican border or mm-hmm. like right over the border he's trying to get out of the country. yeah so on october 18th they find hannah's remains in at an abandoned property in albemarle county and they were positively identified on october 24th and her cause of death, of course, was homicide. DNA, they got DNA off her body, soon linked the death of Morgan Harrington and the rape of the woman in Fairfax to Jesse Matthew. Mm. And it's believed, so they think that Matthew, at that time, he was driving the taxi the cab. cab mm-hmm. And they think that that's how he picked Morgan up Right, she probably on thought, the bridge. Oh, yeah. He probably said, oh, I'll give you a free ride or yeah. something like that. Yeah, sure. Um, and then he raped and killed her. On March 2nd, 2016, after he pleaded guilty to the 2014 murder of Hannah Graham and the 2009 murder of Morgan Harrington, a judge sentenced him to four consecutive life sentences. Under the plea agreement terms, Matthew gave up his right to appeal and would not be eligible for geriatric release. So he's oh. in there for ever. It was reported on May 21st, 2019, that Matthew was diagnosed with stage four colon cancer, and he was transferred from the Red Red Onion State Prison. Where's that? In Wise County, Virginia. Oh, that's down in Southwest Virginia. Oh, okay. There, there's a UVA campus there, which is kind of ironic and weird. That is weird. To Sussex One State Prison in Waverly, Virginia, for mm-hmm. cancer treatment. And I couldn't find anything else on him, so I assume he's still alive because I feel like it would have been news if he died. Yeah, it would have been all over the news here. But did you know that um, I want to say this is at some point, I can't remember where, time, where in this falls in the timeline, he was, um, his taxi cab had been like put out of service. Yeah. And it was on some farm somewhere in Albemarle County or some surrounding county. Yeah. Like just they where they parked abandoned cabs or cars or whatever uh-huh. on just some farm. And when they caught him from Hannah Graham, they found out somehow that that that's when they found the cab and found Morgan's DNA in the cab. That's right. I remember that. Yeah. That's so weird. Like the things I couldn't like I read a bunch of a whole bunch of stuff on this and nowhere like those, those things that? were left out because yeah. that was definitely something I remembered because they found the Because I, re- I remember a, them being like, like positive that she was in the cab. And I was like, but I couldn't find any anything saying that she was That's ever so in the cab. Weird. Yeah, that was So I wrote I that down because I remembered. I remember that. Yeah. Was, that, that was like, ugh, yeah. So um, the Harringtons, her parents, started a nonprofit to spread information and pr- promote personal safety called Help, the Girl, H- Help Save the Next Girl. 
that has grown to include a national team, a collegiate chapter at Virginia Tech, and a Maryland high school chapter at Walkersville High School, which is weird. There's not one at UVA. They also developed the Morgan Morgan Dana Harrington Memorial Scholarship at the Virginia Tech Medical School and constructed the Morgan Harrington Educational Wing at Omni Village in Zambia. In Zambia? In the country? Zambia? Yeah. That's interesting. Yeah, and it shows there's video of her mom there, like, Aww. talking to all the kids and stuff. They, yeah, they, like, opened a school there. It's very... I don't know. And then I thought it was weird that the scholarship is for the Virginia Tech Medical School because she was going to yeah. be a teacher. Yeah, that is weird. So I don't know why Instead of the they went that... Like- that direction but they did yeah um the thing in zambia maybe it was something that like morgan had was interested in at some point in her life or something yeah like, i mean it could have been like oh yeah at some point i want to go teach you yeah, know somewhere maybe. in africa or something yeah that's oh god what a fucked up story it's so sad and tragic i remember just feeling so vulnerable during all that yeah and just like always looking over my shoulder and just, feeling like why didn't we as a community do more for them, either one of them? You know what I, I know. mean? Like, I yeah. just felt like. And you feel like, I feel like after Morgan went missing, like, I guess it was so many years, like it was five years later. So people weren't still. So when people saw Hannah, I feel like they should have been like alert, you know, mm-hmm. and then seen saw that happening. But I mean, it's nobody's fault, but Jesse Matthew. Yeah, and then they looked into if he possibly was oh. responsible for. Um, so there, are like, I the article I was reading listed like a whole bunch of other women that went missing around the area in the same time frame. Uh huh. Um, he was. It was proven that it was somebody else for that one girl. I, why can't I remember her name? It starts with an A. Alexis Murphy. Alexis, yeah. Um, I planned to cover her story one time because that's a crazy fucking that story. That is a really crazy story. They never found her. Yeah, they never found her. They did find her killer, though. So that's good. Um, but it took forever. Well, without a body, it's really hard to, yeah. you know. But, yeah. Yeah, I'm sure they probably knew. He's a fucking creep. Yeah, he was a fucking creep. Um, but they're, like, there's some like a one in Lynchburg. There's They're, like, all over the place. And I'm sure they're true. Yeah. Especially if he went after, like, you know, women of color. Like, he... If he start, if he went after them sometime, because we and we just don't know about them because they weren't covered. You know what I mean? Oh yeah, because people weren't. Yeah, yeah. I mean, no, we know it's... about these girls because they were you. They were student college, white college white students, college students, yeah. white wealthy college students. Yeah. It's just, it's so fucking weird. It's all just, I don't know. I just, ugh, so creepy, the whole thing. Um, that, I like again. I said I just feel like as a community that we that people didn't step up more and i mean i you know i mean they they did the best they could at the time but yeah. i feel like god i know i don't know and i, just, I can remember running by like her memorial on copley bridge we, we oh, yeah. would run on copley bridge all the time and um there's even now even to this there's day on the memorial there. of her death there'll be flowers and teddy bears and stuff yeah, all the time yeah every time you go by there there's always something and there's a plaque they put a plaque up oh i remember that um, i remember her mom being here for that yeah yeah so there's a plaque up with her. I don't know what it says, but I got the goosebumps. I know it's awful, and you just think like, you know, how many times as a teenager were you drunk as shit? I mean, oh my god, yeah. I can't even. I I can't believe I made it this far like, without either over like 
killing myself from alcohol poisoning or <laughs> or yeah or just doing something really stupid or because yeah. like i hit my head on the fucking concrete yeah i mean it's um, yeah or getting murdered by someone you know like they just happen to be it's literally they were unlucky that yeah. he happened to be in the area when they the wrong place in the wrong yeah. time at the wrong time it's just t- absolutely terrible it's so terrible it's so sad oh it's just absolutely sickening so there's that bummer of a story, story everyone. Oh. <laughs> I mean, you did a really good job. Thank you. It's a great. It's a. It's a. You know, it's an interesting podcast story, but it's a. I think it's an important story. story to tell because you know, like, keep an eye out for people and well, especially yeah. young girls who are very intoxicated. Yeah, and when your friend goes to the bathroom, I mean, and that was the one thing I remember is the first thing I heard. She went to the bathroom by herself. I'm like, who the fuck goes to the bathroom by themselves? Right. Yeah. I never go by myself. Yeah. <laughs> But the concert had just started, and she was like, I got to go. And her friends were like, oh, my God. And she's like, don't worry about it, probably, or something. And who knows, like, I mean, we don't know, like, the situation. You know what I mean? We don't know. Maybe they were, like, irritated. Maybe she was drunk, and they were irritated by her. or Right. Or maybe it was fine, and they were just like, she's like, I'll be right back. Like, you don't have to come with me. I'll be right back. Yeah. And it's like power in numbers. You should always be not alone in those situations. And then you're like, when she went outside, like, well, that that's changed now. So yeah. they, right after that, JPJ changed that. Um, I think her mom. Yeah, that it's that's fucked up. I mean, so if you go out, you can come back in, but you have to go through a whole protocol. I mean, it's like you don't just walk back in. So right. they're trying to prevent people from going out, right? And then giving somebody else their ticket or selling their ticket. Yeah. And then the other person coming back in because they have no way of knowing. If right. It's yeah. Number one and number two, they're also trying to pre- preventing people from going out, doing drugs and drinking. And yeah. Back exactly. In. That's the other thing that they're trying to prevent. Yeah. So. I mean, but if, if you have to go through a protocol to come back in, then that makes that's different. Right. right? And they yeah. also you have to like if you're going out, you have to get like you have to tell them you're coming back in. So they like stamp you or they do something, yeah. put a wristband. I don't know. It's something. You just think about like the people working there. They're just regular people. We know people yeah. who work at JPJ. Oh, yeah. Yeah. They're just like they're yeah. just people who are like, oh, I do it as a second part time yeah, job. It's the, at the events people. Yeah. It's, I mean, it's not. Yeah. That's usually what it is. It's like somebody has a, a like extra job for. Like, yeah. They're not trained to make these. You right. Know, to make these decisions. I and mean, so, I'm sure they are now. But yeah, they weren't at the time. Right. And so like this drunk girl is trying to come in and like. I, I don't know. Like, you wonder what the interaction was. Like, if they were like, no, you can't come in. Or if it was well, like, they, I'm sorry, I want to let you in, but I can't. They you were know? just told, you know, nobody comes back but in they if were, they leave. She, like, I can't imagine turning her away when she was so drunk, obviously yeah. drunk. Well, that probably was all the more reason. They're like, you're shit-faced. You're not coming in here like that or But something. she's like a young girl. Like, it's like she's obviously know. alone. I know. That person's probably beating themselves oh, up, too. Oh, I know. Yeah. There's I so mean, many people involved in this. That... I mean, you don't... You, again, you can't blame anyone but him, you know? No, was, I, no I don't. But you still... I mean, yeah. I would... I felt like shit about it, and I wasn't even involved in right, any way, yeah. shape, or form. <laughs> like, you know, I wish I could have helped her, but, you know, but... And both of the girls. Right. You know? I don't know. It's so fucked up. The whole thing's so messed up. So, so if you like that... <laughs> you need to go get some help. Yeah. <laughs> um... So that was the beginning of season two. It's quite quite the kicker for season two kickoff. Um, uh, give us a follow on our social media on Instagram, Facebook, and TikTok at No Ordinary Women Pod, and on inst- and on Twitter at No Ord O R D Women Pod. And you guys, Lynn really wants to go on a vacation. Yes. I'm going to take her on vacation, but yes. we need to get to 150 Apple. 
followers and we're at 148. So 148. we only need two more. Two more. But we only have 31 um, reviews, reviews and on 50. Apple and we need 50. Okay, y'all. So we need you guys to help Lynn. I know she's for very a fact sad. that there's a few of our listeners that have not, that I know listen, that have not, not Please. given us a review. My family. <laughs> there's two people from my family. <laughs> <laughs> So, um, yeah. So that'd be awesome if you guys could do that because yes, then please. Lynn can go on vacation. And then I get to go on a free vacation and Rose has to cook for me and she has to wash my feet the whole time. I'm not doing either of those things. <laughs> <laughs> but I am going to take her somewhere. Yes. We're going to go party. We're going to party. So please do that if you love Lynn. If yes. you don't, then don't do it. Then don't do it. And she will cry every night. And I night. will cry and I'll... I'll bug everybody. No, please do it. Please. And like I said before, I've said if you're sitting with somebody and you're bored, take their phone and put a review in their name. <laughs> Feel free. Follow the po- follow our podcast. Yeah, on that'd their be phone. great. Why not? Why not? So, and All you don't right. have to leave. You can you can put anything in the review. You don't have to say how beautiful we are. We know that. Just you can write anything. It doesn't even matter what you write in there. It's just the as fact long that as there's it's five writing. stars and there's writing. Five stars and writing. You can write anything. You can write. The sky is fucking blue. It doesn't matter as long as it has words. Five stars. Yep, and five stars. Five stars. Five stars. And <laughs> it has to have words. The review. And words, yeah. yes. So, And then we'll love you forever. Forever! Until next week, y'all. Bye. Bye. Bye.